0: Fascinating gadgets, gizmos, and gear-based technologies. Welcome to another episode, dare I say, another season of fascinating gadgets, gizmos, and gear based technologies. This is the show that takes your favorite fictional science and technology and makes it a reality. Uh, We are the Brain Trust. I am the analytical mastermind, Daniel J. Glenn. With me, physics phenom, Dr. Michael Dennett. Oh,
1: wow, Dan, it's so exciting to be starting another season. I'm looking forward to it. And we're kicking it off, I think, with a great remake if I may say so.
0: I think you can. I'm very excited about this one as well. And I know someone else who is equally as excited as the three of us. And that is our enigmatic engineer, Ben Siebzer. Ben, where are you broadcasting from this week?
2: That's right, Dan. I'm at this creepy lab where there seems to be some strange activity. There are these suspicious looking gene spliced mice here that seem to be watching me.
0: Gene spliced mice What a great way to start season 5 And if I am correct here Ben You are talking about Pinky and the Brain And for those of you who don't know who Pinky and the Brain are That is a cartoon that was that Appeared in the TV show Animaniacs Featuring a short mouse named Brain Who is obsessed with taking over the world And a tall buck mouse Named Pinky who is a tad Eccentric and who tries to keep him out of trouble And I gotta tell you guys I think the song for this one much like many Of the other shows that we've done really explains at all, if you'll allow me to give you a couple of bars here. They're pinky and the brain. They're pinky and the brain. One is a genius. The other's insane. They're laboratory mice. Their genes have been spliced. They are pinky they are Pinky and the brain. So let's start with the first part of that sentence. One is a genius, the other's insane. I think we have to really break this down because, guys, I want to put forth what I think is a credible hypothesis, although it may be slightly controversial. And that is that Pinky is the genius, brain is insane, and that is the reversal here. Uh, I don't know what you think about that, Denon.
1: Oh. Dan, you nailed it, as always, a brilliant analytic mastermind and analysis of the situation. Um, so really, it's obvious in the song, they give it away, right? Because it's pinky and the brain. One is a genius, the other is insane. And we know how every English teacher has driven into us the importance of parallel structure in our sentences. Um, and so it must be that the first word, genius, refers to the first other person, Pinky, and insane refers to brain. Or the songwriters would have failed their English class, and we know that songwriters for this group are, are top notch. So I'm I'm going with grammar here
2: as the evidence.
0: I think that that's great, and I think jingle writers are really the top notch. They're the cream of the crop when it comes to gr- grammar for sure. Uh, ben, what do you think about this?
2: You know, I think the real reality here is that genius and insane are not mutually exclusive. Uh, I think actually they're both geniuses in their own way uh, brain is just an insane genius whereas pinky is is, is an insightful conniving genius <laughs>
0: <I> love <laughs> I think that that's brilliant, because I think that, I mean, just like you said, there's a razor's edge between between genius and insanity, but I gotta tell you, I'm actually kind of scared. I think Brain is a codependent sociopath, if I can be so bold. I think Pinky is, is, just like you said, I think he is a genius, but he's thoughtful, he's insightful, and he's able to thwart all of the Brain's plans while still not raising any suspicion on his activities. I think he's really a benevolent genius here, and you know, when you look at the, the secret genius behind his? Are you pondering what I'm pondering? I know that those are your favorite things, Denon.
1: Oh, they definitely are. They're clear evidence of his genius. Um, they're they're equivalent to many of the Buddhist sayings that lead to enlightenment. We will talk about some of them later in the episode, I know, because they really fit in, and I don't want to give any spoilers for our own episode, never mind spoilers for the, you know, the Pinky in the Brain um, shows, but I do think that's exactly the evidence of his genius. And, and Ben's right. Genius and insanity, they're, they're two sides of the same coin. Um, You can't can't minimize Brain's ability to engineer um, out of, I mean, what must he have in that lab? You know, it limited access to both funds and materials, and he comes up with amazing stuff. There is a genius there. Um, But it is insanity, as they say, you know, doing the same thing over and over and expecting the same results is the fundamental definition of insanity. And who, if not Brain, is doing the same thing over and over now, who knows? Maybe he is expecting the same results
0: to not take over the world. But he claims he wants to. Well, you mean you mean expecting different results. So right. he expects to actually take over the world one of these times. Oh, yeah.
1: I, showing my insanity, I can't make the quote
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you're exactly right. Last thing here we got to talk about with Pinky and the Brain. They're la- they are laboratory mice. Their genes have been spliced. Just very quickly, I'm going to put on the website an article about how rats and mice are actually smarter than you think. And very similar to humans. They have whiskers and one third of their brain power is actually set aside and dedicated to whisker input and very close to one third of our brain input is dedicated to visual input, which you could call their, yeah, I guess our eyes are kind of like our whiskers in a way. Would you say that, Ben?
2: That's absolutely right, Dan. Our most powerful sense is our vision. We see better than we smell or taste or feel. And mice, uh, you know, they're nocturnal animals. They often live in dark spaces. So it's their sense of feel through their whiskers that is their most important sense. Well, and I got to tell you, one other thing about rats
0: and mice is that they've been observed reciprocating favors, succumbing to peer pressure, and even developing attachments to other rats. And if that doesn't sound like pinky, I don't know what does, Denon.
1: Oh, it, it very much is. It's actually really the brain. The brain develops this deep attachment to pinky, and pinky reciprocates. But that relationship between the two of them is exactly that reciprocating relationship you just mentioned.
0: And I want to mention the last thing here, which makes Pinky in the Brain real, is in 2013, some scientists created Humarin, uh, <laughs> that's a good name for them though, human chimeric mice. And what they did is they implanted these mice with human glial cells, which these are the cells in your brain that are the support center, they can improve efficiency of the neural circuits. That What they found were that these mice had sharply enhanced cognitive abilities. They learned mazes faster. I don't know if they found any blueprints or any ways to take over the world. But Ben, what do you think about that development?
2: Uh, that's, it's fascinating. It just goes to show how kind of compatible our biologies are with the mice. That if you put in a cell that mice normally don't have, uh, it can affect their brain development and their brain function just because our biology is very compatible. I mean, it definitely showed me something that was, I mean, absolutely showing
0: how pink in the brain could be made in real life, which is crazy.
1: And also, Dan, it, it makes me very worried that Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is accurate. And it's really the mice that are aliens controlling us through the maze test. And this was just a trick to get some extra... Uh, mental power um, to trick human scientists into adding it to them. So you've just created a whole level of nervousness in me that I didn't have before.
0: <laughs> well, that's what I think. I, I think the entire world could use a reduction in anxiety. So I don't want to. I do want to do that to you, Denon. Uh, but we're going to talk about four plans that b- Pinky and the Brain had from this upcoming season. And I got to tell you, by the end of this, you're going to realize that most of the Brain's plans are harebrained schemes at best, and they're definitely not the work of an unappreciated intellectual savant. Uh, so let's start out with the first one, the first episode. It's called Of Mice and Meme. And this is where, if I'm getting this correct, the brain is basically has spent from 1998, when the show went off the air, for the next 22 years, he has tried to basically harnessed the power of the internet and has developed, you know, he's watched the development of the iPhone and the development of computers. And he has come to the realization that at, in 2020, the best course of action for taking over the world is to create a viral video embedded with a mind controlling filter designed to take over the world. This one is not so bad. Uh, ben, what did you think about this?
2: I mean, in reality, this is great. Like viral videos are viewed by Lots and lots of people, and if, and if there was a truly mind-bending, mind-controlling uh, overlay on top of one of these videos that not only got people to obey the brain, but also share it with their friends so even more and more people would watch it, I, I don't see a better way to reach all the eyeballs on the earth than uh, through YouTube.
1: I definitely think this solves you know, a classic problem with the mind-controlling video plan of most bad guys. You know, prior to the internet meme, they really didn't have a good way of getting everyone to watch it. You, you could kind of get it on TV, but, you know, TV always had a lot of viewers, but they were divided by channel. You didn't know when they were going to be on, um, how much attention they were really paying. Um, I, I've just, I think the viral meme on and the internet, particularly with smartphones and how much people are on it, I think that is uh,
0: his closest and most, what I would call pure genius plan. Uh, no, I gotta agree with you guys because you know, in some ways, it's funny watching this episode. Little has changed since 1998. I mean, they're watching America's Funniest Home Videos, and that show's still on the air. Number one. <laughs> so, but it has really adapted to these viral videos, which are usually about pets or animals. I think the brain's really onto something right here. And and you know, and and to the to the credit here, what I love is d- to Denon when you mentioned that you love uh, Pinky's musings. And this one, he asks if he's cloned. And which one should he shoot? The, the, which clone does he think has turned evil? I think this is really insightful, especially given the brain's future plans. So I'm with you on this. I think Pinky kind of nails it here. And, and I really like this
2: plan. There are some improvements, though. I mean, the, the funny meme videos are great, but the most, the most viewed video ever is our music videos, not, not funny meme videos. What he needs to do mm. is put, put a mind control rein to Baby Shark, because that's, that's what everyone's seen.
0: Oh, that's interesting. And it's <laughs> children and their parents. So they've yeah. got two generations there. All right, guys, one of the things I got to tell you is that that is very, you know, kind of insidiously clever about this particular plan is mind control via a filter on a viral video. What I like about that, let's just take a step back from mind control, but think about how could this kind of be, be possible? Well, hypnosis. What about mass hypnosis, right? I just read an article about several companies that have apps that are. For hypnosis. I mean, these are things to you know to stop you from smoking and to, to stop overeating, exercise more, things like that. But there's, there's a couple apps, one from Rivari Health and one from Mindset Health. And the idea is to alter your behavior and they can kind of channel it through Alexa. So Alexa kind of becomes the hypnotherapist. And I think that, that that kind of technology could be easily repurposed in a filter. A lot of the social media, they have both audio and video. You can put something in there. And now you've got a hypnotizing filter. Now that's what's scary. And in this article I learned that one third of the population is is not susceptible to hypnotism so that that presents a problem but as I learned in stir of echoes 8% is highly hypnotizable we talked about only really needing to hypnotize a certain number of people and maybe that number is the, the maybe the highly influential people I don't know what the answer is but I think if you put these subtle little suggestions in there that the brain is your leader and that he is the highly qualified person to lead you into the next generation the next millennium uh, I, I think this could really be a way to go for it. what do you think about it Dennis oh I love this and I love this very variation because you're moving
1: away from what we think of as classic mind control, you know, the way it's portrayed in movies like Harry Potter where there's a spell and you're controlling every action of the person and what they do, what they say, how they move. You don't need that to take over the world. I think brain is very much using mind control in this hypnotic sense where you need to make suggestions like the brain is your leader. You love the brain. You worship the brain. Or Another direction you could go, because you don't need everybody with that first one. You also don't need everybody if you use the false memory approach. So another side of hypnosis, we're learning a lot about false memories and how to implant those. So maybe you implant a false memory that the brain won the last election, and now everybody assumes he's the leader because that's what their memory is telling them is true. So there's a lot you could do here when you're in that hypnosis space and moving away from that detailed, careful, mind-control space. So I do like this direction, Dan.
0: Denon, and that's a really great idea. That's actually shocking because it shows how simple and easy it would be to put that suggestion into the, the, critical, the mass, the critical number of people in order to elevate the brain to leader, if not of our country, but of the world.
2: That's right. I mean, we have to remember that in our modern democracies, you only need 50% plus one of an electorate to be in charge. So... You know, there's no reason that you have to even sweat the third of the population that isn't susceptible uh, to this uh, suggestion or these false memories. But we also have to think about how this ca- this could be difficult and we may need some, you know, the brain may need to get some better tech because typically hypnosis is used to suggest something that you want to happen, like uh, stopping smoking or exercising more And things like that. Or in my case, you know, I I can sometimes use it to uh, help myself fall asleep, where you're listening to these nice calming uh, hypnosis or meditation uh, tracks to help you kind of calm down at night. You know, it's encouraging something you want. And so, you know, the brain will have to really work on making his suggestions something people want and not just something he's kind of forcing.
0: That makes sense. I mean, I think if I understand hypnosis correctly, you kind of – induce a, a, a highly suggestive state. And I think that that's really the trick here, is producing that suggestive state. And once you do, the things that you implant, they can't be too far off the wall. At least, I mean, I mean, movies, I mean, we watch a lot of movies here. I mean, some of the things are really far off the wall, just like in Stir of Echoes that I mentioned, it basically turned a guy psychic. I don't think that's possible, but I think it is possible to to put uh, the qualifications of a leader or the qualities that you think that they would be perfect for the job or perfect for world domination. I think that that's actually possible, um, But but I think, you know, the key to it is having the a uh, significant amount of the portion of the world to see and and i think that that's really what the brain is after here i would agree with you i also think it's interesting i want
1: to just go back to your comment on getting the important people to watch it um you know not to get political here but in an apolitical way it's interesting that politics has changed and even the internet has become more important in politics um and due to various recent behaviors i would expect more and more people um, to be possibly able to catch viral videos through this media.
0: Well, let's not, you know, you talk about that. Let's talk about deepfakes, right? The things that are being manipulated. I mean, why does the brain have to create a real video when he could create a deepfake video that is. You know, well, say he wanted to stage the landing of aliens, and they've taken over the world, and you know, they, he needs to be their leader. You know, something like that. Yeah, that's a little
1: scarier, Dan. He's kind of a you know gentler, nicer, take over the world kind of guy.
0: That's fair. Now, let's you know, obviously we, we've mentioned that there are a couple of of hiccups here, a couple of hurdles here. How could we make this plan better, Ben? If you were doing this, how would you make it better?
2: Well, I think first you start with something that goes viral to more eyeballs quickly, and that's it's the music videos. You you team up with. Uh, You know, the Despacito guys, you team up with the Baby Shark people and you you start there because that'll get you the most eyeballs the fastest.
1: I think actually for me, Dan, I I like that. But I would actually go similar but slightly different route, the phone um, um, video game, the equivalent of Candy Crush. You got to catch the next equivalent of Candy Crush because that's where you get all the people of the right generation the older generation that you need who are in charge of things. And you also win because you you distract them from work and you have issues with the economy and people need you to come in and help with that.
0: I think that that's great. I mean, look, my improvements would have been, he's been working on the internet since 1998. I think he could really, you really have to understand demographics. And I think... He would know exactly how to make a viral video and he could manipulate the algorithm where these things show up everywhere. You know, when you turn on YouTube and you're watching one video, all of a sudden an advertisement for another one comes up. I think he could get into that algorithm and make his video appear in more videos on top. So if you're not watching his video, you're going to be suggested to watch his video. I think the combination of those two makes this kind of sense. I'm with you, Dan. You did just scare me. I realized probably all those
1: commercials suddenly showing up on YouTube is actually the brain trying to take us over.
2: That's why you got to turn autoplay off. Don't let it uh, pick for you.
0: <laughs> That's true. Yeah, someone, someone's there's a brain out there who's manipulating us. Now let's move on to the, to the other uh, plan. This is my personal favorite. It's an episode called Ex Mousina. And this is where the brain creates... A robot, an AI-powered robot called B-R-A-I-N, which stands for Binary Rodent with Artificially Intelligent Nanotechnology. Now, we don't see the nanotechnology come in, but that is the N in brain. Um, I actually really thought this was an interesting episode for a lot of different reasons, Most of which is I think that the plan to take over the world is the most complex Rube Goldbergian type of plan he has ever come up with. And I'm going to see if I can get this correct. You guys correct me if I'm wrong here. But Brain wants to use this robot to take a uranium core from a nuclear sub, overtake a Chinese uh, laser satellite, steal the crown jewels of London, and operate a small transforming car to basically land this nuclear car on the moon, reverse its directions, affect the tidal forces on the earth, and then shift the earth's axis one degree to throw off astrology. And he will emerge as the one true seer who's got a master of current astrology. If this doesn't prove that the brain is insane and a raving lunatic, I don't know what does. Uh, What are your thoughts on that, Dennis? Well, I, I think you're exactly right. Um, this
1: is one case where also I'm not really sure why Pinky would need to uh, mess anything up for him. I think this plane, plan was clearly doomed for failure from the beginning. Um, and of course, we know anything with AI is problematic if you're trying to make plans to take over the world because... AI is intending to do that on its own anyway. So th- there's just you're right, there's a whole bunch of problems and and you know me, I'm kind of against the use of nanotechnology just to make a good acronym, though in this case I give it a pass cuz the brain and the acronym being the brain, I'll go with that.
2: Well, also, I mean if you're going to if you're creating a super smart AI that fits in a robot the size of a mouse, you got to use nanotech for that. There's no way you're getting a AI supercomputer into a into that size of a case without, <laughs> without nanotech. I mean, that's
0: very true. And I got to tell you, so I think the downside of this episode and the plan, let's say, is the creation of this robot. But in some ways... The robot is better at world domination plans than the brain is. So if he had taken out the, let's say, the AI part where it becomes self-aware and just used it as a world domination generation machine, I think he would have had a little more success in this.
2: Yeah, I think you need, though, the iterative thinking process of the AI to to test your plans and find the best ones. I think that's a necessary feature. Because otherwise, it's just going to be raw programming from the brain's mind, and you're just going to get the same plans he comes up with.
0: I guess maybe that's true. I I mean, and and also, but... I guess that's really true, but the thing that really sends this whole plan into orbit is Pinky. Once again, Pinky to the rescue. Den, and to your point, Pinky being the genius, I'm on board with that 100%. He drops a logic bomb on them. He says, if he eats himself, would he double in size or completely disappear? Uh, this shorts out the net, brain circuits, and it explodes. Uh, what do you think about this? Pinky coming to the to the save the day accident, or was it purposeful? Well, I think this is purposeful. It's an example of I think one of my absolutely
1: favorite questions by Pinky and I still haven't figured out the answer Um, it's very zen in its delivery but it goes back to something we've discussed in previous episodes it's unclear why um, computerized things blow up when they're given a logic problem I can understand getting stuck in an infinite loop um, and not making progress or uh, devoting all of its processing time to it but the exploding factor uh, you know Always confuses me a little. I guess there could be some overheating because it's trying harder. I don't know, Ben. You're the engineer. What What do you think about this?
2: Yeah, I mean that's that's what it comes down to. You what it what it implies is that the cooling system of the robot is not capable of of uh, handling the thermal capacity of the processor if it runs at full blast. for a long period of time. And that's just poor uh, thermal engineering. You know, you can't do that. You, you got to design your thermal system for the worst case. Well, I got to
0: tell you, I did a little research on this. And from what I understand, the if this plan had appeared in the original series in 1998, this may have worked. This logic bomb by Pinky may have worked. But from what I understand now, the computers kind of have a fail-safe where they have individual threads. So if you were to give it a logic problem, it would put that thread in a side, little side stuff and it would try to work it out while doing, allowing you to do something else. And if it just didn't work or it you know, took forever, it would kind of time out, like kind of when you're trying to log on to, the, to a website and it would just terminate completely. So I think, if I'm understanding it correctly, we've worked out this type of problem out of computers completely.
2: We've worked it out in our standard... Uh, You know, general-purpose processors that we have in our computer, we know how to deal with hung threads and things like that. But you have to program that in. You have to have the system where you have this supervisor looking over all the threads and and kind of pruning away the ones that get stuck. Um, If you don't have that, or in a complex AI that's overriding itself and doing what it needs to do, you might not have that capability. You know, an AI if it thinks this problem is really important, it might. Decide to not uh, put safeties on it because it has to solve it.
1: Yeah, I, I sort of figure here what you got going on, Dan, is the AI was designed by um, the brain. We know AI can have some of its bi- some biases in it, um, depending what you train it on. The AI was probably trained in an environment where pinky is considered the number one thing to pay attention to, and so even though it might under normal circumstances only use a single thread, I'm kind of with Ben here. I think what went wrong was the AI was trained to pay maximum attention to anything pinky comes up with thus overriding the natural self fail safe here and causing it its major problem
0: well i don't want to say anything that's going to take us take our focus away from hung threads which i think is the funniest term i've heard in a long time but i don't know that brain would design something that would that would listen to pinky wouldn't he design something that listened to the brain
1: it, it's not on purpose, but if, as we will learn later, no spoilers here, I think the brain pays a ton of attention to Pinky without realizing it, and that carried over to the AI.
2: All right. Well, even ignoring that aspect, if one of brain's concerns is certainly... Is Pinky gonna mess up my plans? So you definitely would want the AI to watch out for that.
0: <laughs> that's fair <laughs> enough. All right, that's good. So how would we make this plan better? I think this is, you know, obviously we can talk about the AI being eliminated or, or improved. But, w- but what do you think, Ben?
2: Well, I mean, yeah, it's obviously that you gotta need a better AI, um, better thermal uh, thermal systems in your in your in your robot. But I think also, you know, if he's building this, if he's building this robot to help him take over the world. That, and he trusts its judgment in terms of making plans and judging plans. Let the robot do the work. You know, that's the whole point. <laughs> the robot would have taken over the world if Brain had let it. And Pinky had, had stood by.
0: Right. I completely agree with you. Dennis what do you think? How would you
1: improve? Well, it? I, I'm kind of in that same vein. I think it, you don't even have to improve the AI. You just wholeheartedly go with the AI. You make that your plan. Because we know from many other shows we've done, Terminator, just to name a few, or one. One, um, yeah, that was one. yeah, <laughs> Just to name one. <laughs> That's good um, enough. Is good enough. We, we know AI is the best way to take over the world. And just
0: create your AI and let it go. Well, I'm, I got to disagree with you guys completely here. I think the way to solve this is to, A, not make an overly complex a plan in the first place, like work on his planning brain, or make the AI robot based on Pinky. I think if he'd made a Pinky-based AI system, you might have something there. I, I like that, Dan. I like where you went with that. So let's move on. Number four, we got Rodent Trip. Now, this is where the brain, he designs an advanced AI-powered self-driving car that people are everyone's going to buy. They're going to get trapped in the car, and they're not going to be released. Um, They're only going to be released when he says it, or the battery runs out. And he's going to sell all these cars for ten dollars. This is another far-fetched, bonkers plan because I don't even know how he's going to sell a car for ten dollars. Where he's going to get the the parts? Uh, There's there's lots of logistical hiccups here. Uh, Ben, you're a logistical hiccup master. What did you think about this?
2: Well, yeah, it's obviously the logistics are tough, but but money and pieces have never seemed to be an issue for the brain. So clearly he has some sort of access to uh, unlimited funds because how else is he building robots and supercomputers and AIs and all this other stuff, you know? Clearly he's stolen the Acme credit card at some right. point and, and and no one's auditing it. Right. All right. that's fair. All right, that's fair.
0: Uh Dennis, what did you think about this?
1: Well, you know, I have to admit this was one of my favorite plans, Dan, in, independent of its ability to work. Um, I just really, really loved the car design and I love that they start with it as a stealth invisible car. Um, something, you know, we've talked about, I think, in many, many different ways of how do you make that active camouflage technology, which I'm not even really sure why the car needs it if you're using it to trap people. Um, but it certainly is a feature that people would love to buy. Um, but it strikes me as a flaw because now all the people turn it on and you don't know where they are um, and they can drive around outside your control. Uh, so there there are some interesting things there. Um, but I do I do love just the general concept of really, really cool cars. I And I think this is something that brain has a good starting point
2: well i would think with the invisible cars the ai system would still know where the cars are and be reporting it back to the the brain i'd hope i'd hope they're not uh you know totally stealth in that sense
1: that, that could be though i i didn't really see any indicate well we only have one car so we don't know how um yeah. the brain plans to have them communicate or track them
0: i, I just say i mean i think that that's yeah. it's it seemed like a ridiculous feature to have and they don't really use it so i i'm with you denn and i think this is a complete waste of time and money
2: Yeah, well, I I think also that was more just to hide it from the the lab techs who come in every once in a while and somehow don't notice that the... uh (laughs) <laughs> that there's shenanigans going on in this mouse lab.
0: <laughs> sure. No, I think that that's really true. And I got to tell you, this episode for me was so much more about learning about the brain's psyche than it was about the car itself, because obviously he and brain are he, Pinky, and this HAL based AI robot, um, which turns on them. And th- this seemed more like. W- really an an exploration into why is the brain like why is the brain how he is why is Pinky how he is and in some ways you see how he's kind of broken down by not only this trip but the cruel the cruel uh, environment of the lab you know he's he's used as the mouse who's sitting on an electric plate meanwhile Pinky had a great life that was basically a cheese tester a cheese and you know loved to get as much cheese as he wanted when he was a young little mouse I felt so bad for the brain after this, and I understood why he wanted to take over all the humans. Um, so that was, that was my takeaway from this.
1: I think you're right, right Dan. There definitely is the strong emotional point. It is a chance for Pinky and him to share a road trip and share some of their past lives. Um, and you you do get to see um, – I, I wonder, you know, did Pinky as the genius manipulate himself into
0: the cheese testing role? Hmm. That's an interesting question.
2: Or did the cheese make him really smart? And, and we should all just be eating more cheese. I, I think that is a chicken or the egg question.
0: I think that, that's a really good point. Now, let's. how would we make this particular plan better? Uh, my obvious one is, you know, the AI programming, once again. I think the cars just need to obey his orders, period. That's kind of how I would improve it. But Ben, how would you improve this plan?
2: I mean, beyond that, yeah, the AI is really good. I mean, pr- underpricing it so that everyone will buy one is, is what you got to do. I mean, you know, maybe also you want to maybe have it be more of a hybrid or a plug-in hybrid so that people who are afraid of uh, of uh, mileage issues with electric cars you know aren't scared to get an all-electric car
1: that's fair. What do you think Dennis? So I, I do think he had one critical error Dan mm-hmm. ten dollars is going to be too low way too low. The average person knows an electric car should cost more than that so you've got to price it for the human psychology. It, it has to be low enough that everyone can afford it or have an awesome financing plan. Right. Right. You go with 0%, zero percent yeah. zero down. Mm, okay. Right. That's a good one. Um, yeah, there you but go. But you, you do want the price a little higher. I, I loved the extra two dollars for electric windows, um, for power windows. Yeah. Having having a price <laughs> bump for a feature does make it feel like a real car right. that you're buying. Right. <laughs> so so he got part of the psychology right, but he, he way under was gonna way underprice it. And he made the classic, classic evil genius mistake. Um, And you already said this, Dan, so I'm kind of repeating what you said, but you do not design a thing that requires you to actually physically have a button that you can leave outside the car. As the master of the car to open it, Mm -hmm. Um, the car should obey your voice no matter what and whether you're inside or out or have pressed this button or not.
0: No, I agree with you. And the price point, that's a really big deal. I think that that's one that we overlooked because human psyche is important. And I wouldn't buy an electric car for less than a pack of rechargeable batteries. That doesn't even make (laughs) sense to me. Uh, So I'm with you (laughs) on that, Denon. Um, now let's move on to our last one. It's called Future Brain. Now this one is where the brain directs an Oscar acclaim, a critically acclaimed film is going to the Oscars, and he's kind of he's kind of ambushed by a brain from the future, who gives him basically an ultimatum: like if you want to take over the world, you got to kill Pinky. And we find out Pinky does – a brain decides not to kill Pinky. And that's really – I don't really remember, to be honest with you, what the actual plan to take over the world was. Unless I am wrong here. But it had something to do with the using leveraging the popularity of his movie in order to influence a bunch of Hollywood elites to, to do stuff. I know, Denon, this one's near and dear to your heart. What did you think about this? Well, I just love this one because it really does show that
1: I think what Brain is about is his companionship with Pinky, right? And he really doesn't care that his plans fall apart every night because as much as he says what we're going to do is plan to take over the world, what he's really going to get to do is hang out with his buddy and do something fun with Pinky. So given the choice between actually taking over the world and being with Pinky, he chooses Pinky. And I believe the, the episode with the car confirms that for us, right? It's his friendship and relationship with Pinky that is number one for him. Um, so it, it, it goes a little bit, you know, to his, his – his humanity as a mouse.
2: Well, I think, I think it's most clear from the, the end of every episode where, you know, Brain says, what are we going to, same thing we do every night, Pinky, try to take over the world. It's, it's, the, it's the journey that Brain enjoys, the spending the time with Pinky, not, you know, if, if he actually caught the world, you know, it's like the dog that catches the car, what's it going to do? <laughs> yeah. You know, he, he just wants to spend time with his best bud.
0: Man, I don't know what happened, to you hippie kumbaya singing guys here. Look, you guys have watched enough sci-fi films. You know for a fact, if that pinky's coming back from the future, or that brain's coming back from the future, he's got like a cybernetic face, he's got marks all over him. He knows things. He knows what the future holds. And unless we're talking about quantum worlds and multiple universes and all this stuff, he's coming back from the future that brain lives in now. And I got to tell you, I think that this is probably one of the brains, I think this is his world. Worst mistake ever. I think the only way the brain takes over the world is by eliminating Pinky, and I think the future brain knows it. And this is his last attempt to try to convince the brain to knock off Pinky because otherwise he will never achieve the success that he is destined to achieve.
1: Oh, Dan, you're, you're totally right on that part. That that is his only um, way to take over the world. And it's interesting that at some point in his life, right, he he, he realizes that moment and chooses to go back in time. Um, But even so, you can tell there's still that little bit of, ah, I I just, it's the journey I like Pinky. Because future brain could be the one who gets rid of Pinky. There is no reason future brain has to convince current brain to do the job. If future brain was truly dedicated to getting rid of Pinky, he would have, once again, had a different plan than he did. So I think at the end of the day, he's just not a Jedi. He's into trying, not doing.
0: Well, now, hold on a second here, Den, and I got to pull this thread a little bit here because a future brain, if it was so easy for a future brain to kill future Pinky and make everything work... He would have done it, but he didn't, right? So there is some event in the future that I wish we saw. There's some breaking point where the, the where the brain just snaps and he says, "All right, I'm sick of this. I can't kill Pinky. Pinky's done something to make himself untouchable uh, or unkillable." And now, in order to fix his future, he's got to go back in time via a, a Rick-style portal gun and tell the current brain to to take care of this because he's no longer
2: able to. Uh, I I'm just I'm very shocked at Brain's decision here. Well, I think that, but I think it just goes back to the whole point that Brain doesn't want to take over the world, or he just all he really cares about is spending time with Pinky. If he was the the future, Brain should know that past Brain doesn't care.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, also, Dan, what I was being very specific about is future Brain could have killed present Pinky. Oh, I see. I see. Even if future Pinky made himself invulnerable, so I think you're right. I think there's a moment in the future where Brain briefly snaps. We all have that problem, right? Even with our deepest friendships, occasionally there's those tense moments. Sure, He snaps. He goes back. And when he gets there and sees past Pinky and sees himself, he has a moment of doubt. And that's why he's not able to kill Pinky. But he's still going to try and take over the world and convince past brain to do it. That's his out that he gives himself. It's a very complex psychological moment.
0: Well, hold on, I got one more complex psychological moment before we end this episode because I think if it were that easy, he would have killed Pinky. But I think it is that development, right? It's when it's when Anakin first decides to join the, the dark side, right? It's when it's it, it's it's these moments where the current brain must kill Pinky in that moment, or he never will. And I think the brain has to go through that process, or he will not achieve what he what he is to become. And the future brain knows that, and he's coming back to this point in time saying, this is the last point where you can do it before we head over the cliff. Ah so future
1: brain is trying to turn past brain.
0: exactly.
1: and can't turn him if he doesn't do the act. Oh, very exactly. interesting Dan. That's what I uh, think. Yeah
2: well, or or what what if future pinky is is fine and he go, and he's just says to brain, yeah, sure, go to future brain. yeah, sure, go ahead back in the past and try this. Because he knows that past brain won't do it. He's a genius. He knows that past brain isn't going to betray him. I mean, it's, it's possible. There's a
0: lot of psychological ifs, ands, or buts in this episode, for sure. But to make this thing better, to make this plan better, I say you got to kill Pinky. If there even is a plan at all, I'm not even talking about the Hollywood elites. But I think we can all agree that's probably the answer to this. Um, all right, it, it, we got we come to the end of the episode. Errors, additions, and omissions. Is there anything that we've forgotten and that we need to talk about? You know, this is a
1: tough one, Dan. I really, I, I really think we covered essentially all of it. Um, I do think. I just want to understand Pinky's motivation better here, right? I like your suggestion that he's a benevolent genius, that he's protecting us. Or is he just along for the fun of it to see what things brain does and what he screws up? Is it more for a humor thing? So not so much an error or addition, but really I'd like to understand Pinky a bit better.
0: Yeah, fair enough. All right. Ben, is there anything that we've forgotten?
2: I'm with Denon here. I think I think Pinky's just along for the ride. I think now that he doesn't have this, uh, you know, infinite supply of cheese, you know, he's getting his jollies from. Uh watching Brain mess up and messing around with Brain. <laughs>
0: I think, that, I think that that's probably right. You know, it's funny, the thing I took away from this this season was just how many episodes take place in a different time period, in the past. We don't see any time machine, they just show up in the 50s, and the medieval times, in ancient Persia. Uh, it's very strange, I don't know what's going on there, maybe those were easier times to take it over, There's even a dragon that's involved. Uh, I thought that was very odd. Uh, but anyway, you know, if you want to tell us if we've forgotten anything about Pinky and the Brain, if you want to share your favorite childhood Pinky in the brain, or even adulthood, peaking the brain memory. You can find us. You can find the show on Twitter at f triple pod. You can find us on Facebook at f triple But Denon, where can people find you? Well, people can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Denon
1: Michael. Just flip the name, and then on Facebook, you got to throw Prof in there. It's at Prof Denon
2: Michael.
0: Ben, where can people find you?
2: You can find me on all the major social media networks at b sir How do you spell that? B s i e p s e r. And I can be found
0: on Twitter at Daniel J. Glenn, on Instagram at Glenn, and on Facebook at Analytical Mastermind. Now, I think you have to ask yourself one question. If every night you find yourself with the psychopathic urge to take over the world and believe that you have found a foolproof way to enslave the human race, either keep it to yourself or find a goofy and faithful buck-toothed wingman to keep you safe from yourself. Remember, you want to be a superhero, not a supervillain. So until next time, thank you for listening. Fascinating Gadgets, Gizmos, and Gear Based Technologies is a Glencoe production and is produced by me, Daniel J. Glenn. The Fascinating Gadgets, Gizmos, and Gear Based Technologies Introduction was produced by Daniel J. Glenn and Paul Springers with music and sound design written and performed by Paul Springers. Now, if you like the show, you're going to want to subscribe. Well, how do you do that? The good news is we're on all the major podcasting platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, and now Spotify. If you're not already on those platforms, don't worry. We made it very easy for you. Go to our website, FGGBT.com. That's FGGBT.com, where you will find links to everything you're looking for. All the subscribe buttons at the bottom of the page, links to our social media are right there. And if you go to the top of the page, you'll see a little button that says episodes click on that and go to your favorite episode there you can find the show in its entirety you can find the links that we talked about the in real life examples that we brought to you including videos and of course we've got each episode has its own youtube video you can watch it there if you prefer and if you like this show you're gonna like everything that i do go to danieljglenn.com to find out more thank you for listening